0: Hey, everybody. It's Jim Duncan with Nest Realty and Sweat the Details. We're sitting here with uh, Keith Davis, my partner at Nest, Jasmine Bible, who uh, has a very long title, but she's amazing, and she's the uh, creative director and editor-in-chief at uh, Nest Magazine. Um, And we have Cassie Bustamante, who's joining us. Um, Cassie, if you don't mind, just give us a quick rundown of who you are and, and what you do and then we'll start uh, start going from
1: there sure so like you said my name is Cassie Bustamante and I commend you on the pronunciation there very good job yep. um <laughs> I am a mother of three I have two teenagers and I have a toddler as well so um it's a little bit of mayhem around here but we love it and wouldn't have it any other way um I have been blogging about home design and DIY for over 10 years now. I started in 2009 and, um, so I'm somewhat of a dinosaur when it comes to that. Um, and I've also been on Instagram almost since its inception. I couldn't even tell you what year that was. But um, as you guys know, with social media, anytime a new platform comes on, it looks like it's going to be the next thing you have to jump on if your job is related to that. Um, so yeah, I've just been doing the DIY life for the last 10, 11 years. And um, you know, we moved to North Carolina last January. It was January of 2019. And we've slowly been working on making this house our home. And what you're located in North Carolina, in- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, we're in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. So it's actually not far. My husband and I um, went to college about 30 minutes away from here, and we had always hoped to get back to this area. So when the opportunity came, we were really excited to take it.
0: Very cool. Well, I mean, I was as I was doing my, my research and prep for this, uh, one of the, the notes on your blog that jumped out at me was um, you said, I believe that you don't need to spend a lot of money to live a beautiful life and to be your best self. You'll find here. You'll find budget-friendly ideas to live happily, healthily, sustainably. Most important, authentically. I thought that was kind of awesome. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, is, have you. Has your mindset? Has that been your mindset from you know two thousand nine when you started, or is that has that how has that evolved over the years?
1: Yes, I will say that has honestly been my mindset from the start. Um, outside of what I do here, I have always been a big believer in taking care of yourself. And I think a lot of that is tied up in your home as well. Um, so I've actually over the years been, um, a personal trainer, I've been a spin instructor and I've taught all sorts of other things. So I really believe in wellness as sort of a whole holistic thing. And, um, and I think that, you know, what you create in your home affects who you are as a person so much. And, um, yeah, I just, believe also in being true to who you are. I don't think that you have to live up to anybody else's standards. And I think that, you know, your home should express who you are and not express what is the trend or what somebody else tells you your home should be. It's, it's a place where you're going to be yourself hundred percent of the time where you want your kids to feel comfortable being themselves. And you don't want to put any stifling parameters on that.
2: So Cassie, can you kind of speak to when you're, when you're working with clients and trying to be who they are, right? How do you put yourself into that spot and how do you, how do you kind of even begin that transformation of someone else's space into keeping it to be their space?
1: So I actually don't do design work. Um, I have made the choice, yeah, not not to do that. I have been approached by um, to do it before, but I generally turn it down. Um, my sister-in-law, I did help her with one of her, actually a couple of her spaces, and her style is very different from mine. Um, but I got to know her, you know, a little bit better through that process. Plus, I already knew her somewhat, um, although she's much younger than I am. Um, and so, I took into account you know, I think the most important things to take into account in any space. And what I tell people who do message me and ask for my advice is number one, you have to figure out what that space is being used for. All right. That matters mm-hmm. so much more than what it's going to look like. You need to know like, like our living room upstairs in our house, um, one of the things that we needed in it was an office that's not ideal, but we had to figure out how we could make that office space work in there and how to make it look good as well. So if somebody else is asking for advice on, well, here's, you know, this room, what should I do with it? That's the number
3: one thing I ask is what
1: do you need to do in that room and who does it need to serve?
3: just to interject the aim of Cassie's blog and instagram is to inspire others so she lets us follow, like have a glimpse into her life and follow along with her design process and we hopefully yes. glean some inspiration and design tips from that so she's not necessarily for hire as a designer but she is right. full of inspiration and wonderful to follow Definitely a right. yep. 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 yes absolutely
0: so what I mean, one of the things that we we were planning to talk about is designing a home on a budget. I mean, Mm -hmm. how, you know, we're seeing that people are spending, you know, this is the era of COVID. Um, you know, we're, we're all spending a lot more time in our homes. Um, you know, how do you advise people to, to make their homes more homey, if you will, on a budget?
1: So I will say I started doing that in 2007 when we moved from Louisiana, to Maryland. And I don't, I, you guys know a lot about real estate, obviously. So, you know, the price difference between Louisiana and (laughs) Maryland, as you get close to DC, (laughs) it was a huge difference. So suddenly we moved into this house that was half the size. A lot of our furniture didn't fit and we had used our entire budget just to buy the house. Um, so I started working with what I had, which was not much and started going to garage sales and thrift shops. And I would find things that I could make over and put in my own home. And right now, I mean, I still, I've stuck with that philosophy over the last 10 years, even if there have been times where I can afford a little bit more, I feel like, why would you, when you can find things out there used secondhand, you know, and not only is it going to save you money, but it's also so much better for the environment as well. Um, So yeah, I would just say, recommend starting looking in thrift shops. And of course, since it is a weird time with COVID, there's Facebook Marketplace, which has been absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing in finding things. And because you're communicating Mm -hmm. directly with the seller, you can arrange for a curbside pickup, or you can talk to them in advance and say, Hey, I can pick it up. If it's a big piece of furniture, I can come outside and pick it up. But Mm -hmm. can you please wear a mask and gloves or something like Mm -hmm. that? You have much more of that personal connection than you would say purchasing something from
3: some big box retailer. And not to put you on the spot, if you don't have perfect answers for this, that's fine. But do you have any tips, any Facebook marketplace tips for when people are searching?
1: Yes. So the number one thing that I ask every time, if it's a piece of furniture, is your house, Do does anybody there smoke? And yes, because my husband, I sent him, God bless him, I love him, and he will run my errands for me. And I sent him to pick up a dresser one time that was going to be for us, and he brought it home. And he said... I noticed when it's in the car that it smelled like smoke and I, and you know, I, it's really my fault. I probably should have said to him, open the drawers and smell them before you take it home. Cause that's what I do. Um, and he didn't do that. So lesson learned there, but yeah. I, so now every time I message, I ask if anybody there smokes. And secondly, my husband is also allergic to cats. So I mm-hmm. ask. We do have dogs, so pets are not an issue, but I ask if the people have cats because I don't want to bring any kind of allergens in. Um, And other than that, I ask about structure, anything like that, that might affect its utilitarian side, Um, and then... You know, once I get there to pick something up, I give it a closer inspection. I usually don't just go, okay, I'll take it and run. You know, you have to, and the sellers, I think, understand that. They give you a little bit of leeway, like, let me have five minutes just to look at it. And if I have any questions, I can ask you. Or if I'm not sure about it, let me call my husband real quick and see what he thinks, you know. And sometimes if it's not what it was listed as, but it's still something you could work with, you can, you know, say, hey, I really do like it, but it's got some work that needs to be done. I can offer you. A little bit less. Hmm. So,
3: I mean, so agreeing to a... meet up is not necessarily a full commitment. It's like, I'm agreeing to do this piece yeah. and I can still say no. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, absolutely. It's not a full commitment. You, you, you know, and I think that the seller has to understand that I never expect anybody when I'm selling something to just show up and buy it. I want them to look at it because I don't want them to get home and then be disappointed with what they bought.
3: Exactly. Another nice thing about Facebook Marketplace as opposed to like a Craigslist is that there are ratings. So for those of you that may not have previously used Facebook Marketplace, you can vet the seller a little bit um, just from a safety perspective and, you know, a a rating perspective just to make sure that what they're offering is actually what the product is.
1: Yeah, I've actually moved entirely over to Facebook Marketplace from using Craigslist to look for things because you see the person's name right there. You're not going to get scammed. You you can look at their profile too and you can kind of see, okay, do they look like they're a decent person? <laughs> you know, I mean not that you can judge a book by its cover, but sometimes you can tell a little bit about the person or where they're located and, you know, maybe feel a little bit safer about that transaction, then it was going to meet somebody off Craigslist. And a lot of times too, if it's something small, you can arrange a meetup in a grocery store parking lot or something like that.
2: So as someone who's not a Facebook marketplace shopper, would, how do they manage the geographic parameters for you and, and where you're shopping on that?
1: Okay. So they actually have a little tab where you can, um, I think it's like a slider tab where you can put in the miles that you from, want to search okay. within from your location. Yep. And, and then the it'll show you answer. everything in that. Yeah. And then if it if it's a little bit farther and you've already looked at everything that's within your limit, it will um show you things outside of your search range that are maybe, yeah. yeah, not too far. Although I was looking for something the other day and that and I was like, Oh, this is perfect and it's just outside my range. Where is it? And it was four hours away. And I was like, Yeah, no. <laughs>
3: <More> <laughs> I am not going side. to get
1: that. <laughs> that's a little too far. Yeah. <laughs> Eight hours of my time total is not worth it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, for our, the the segment of our audience who who are realtors, um, you know, we go into homes all the time, where, and we have to give guidance to people. You know, sometimes we ha- we hire stagers, and sometimes mm. we're giving that that baseline advice our, ourselves. Are there any consistent tips you can you, you can offer that you know, from a, ta- a takeaway perspective, they listen to this podcast and they learn one thing that they can do oh. consistently? When they walk into a house, other than tell them to stop smoking twenty years ago,
1: right, um, right.
0: You know what? What are some things that the realtors can can look at a house and say, "Ah, this will this will make me better better able to serve my
1: clients." I think that the number one thing is just less clutter. I mean, put everything away when you're trying to sell your house. We actually, when we moved here um, in 2019, we had sold our Maryland home, and the market was good. It wasn't as great as it is right now as a seller, but it was good, and we put our house on the market um, in October of that year on a Friday. And by Monday we had two full price offers in, um, you know, and I think that that came from just clearing out the clutter, making the spaces look bigger. You know, I think sometimes it's taking out the pieces of furniture that are just too big for the space. Even if you love them, just put them in storage for a little while. Um, and I think, Personality. Honestly, I know that they say take take some things out that are more personal and make it void of personality. I mm-hmm. think sometimes those little small quirky touches can add so much. Those vintage touches that, you know, you can't get from new furniture. What's I mean, your I opinion on
3: you know, paint? What's your opinion on paint? paint? Um, mm-hmm.
1: I think I think times are changing so much right now that people are so much more experimental with paint that if you love it and you think it really complements the space that you've created and the cohesion in your house, keep it there. You know, I mean, we went back and we did repaint some things in our house, but they were things that just needed touch up. We didn't paint over anything as far as colors go.
0: Yeah. I'm finding more people are, are more, they're they're more accepting of paint. And a lot of people are also understanding that, yes, you might have a bold, uh, you know, green wall Mm -hmm. in your room, in your house. um, But they don't need to keep that they're able to go through and and you know repaint for themselves which is such a silly low low bar yeah i think are more more accepting of that
1: yeah i never quite understand the shows you know that you see where people are looking for houses and they walk in and they're like oh i i know i just couldn't live with this color because it's just paint go spend 50 dollars, get yourself a gallon of paint and in one weekend you can totally transform that room
3: yeah (laughs) Totally agreed.
1: Yeah, paint is actually my favorite tool in my toolbox when it comes to DIY. So, yeah, I guess um, maybe maybe I'm in the minority there because it just doesn't intimidate me to have to paint a room at all.
0: <laughs> no, it, it's uh, you know I think that paint is always the the best five hundred dollars you can spend to yes. get a house ready for the market. Are, are there any colors that you you would say people should avoid? Like a, again, broad brush and taking personalities out of it.
1: No, I mean I think that I think that any color can work in small doses. I I personally am not a fan of purple at all. <laughs> so and and I feel like it's not a very popular color and when I do see it in a house it's kind of a turnoff for me. So I think that that one might be, but honestly, I think as long as your main living areas are a little bit calmer In other spaces like kids' bedrooms and your bedrooms and your small spaces like mudrooms, washrooms, bathrooms, entries, you can be a little bit bolder, especially when you walk into a space like that and it's smaller. If it's a bold color, the person might think, well, it's less work for me to paint this room. I can handle this.
2: Good point. Very cool. Keith? No, I was going to say it was years ago I was looking for – Buying a car, and I found that dashboards had very real personalities to them. Right <laughs> there, in 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 it's you know it's not just a question of whether a car is a European or a Japanese or an American car. There, every every brand kind of has their own style and flair within a dash. And I remember googling, it, and they basically the idea was if you made the interior of a car really bold and crazy, it might only apply to 10% of the population, but the 10% who like it absolutely love it. Yes. And I think the same is said of, you know, as you said, depersonalizing and, and trying to strip down your house and make it void. I think Jim would agree with me that most realtors today kind of agree that going all neutral isn't very beneficial. You need to have something that connects with a buyer. Yeah. You need some reason that they think this is the house that I would want to live in. There's something about it that this room connects with me or this piece of art makes me feel at home. It's it's just that you've gotta, you know, you're not looking at a house. You're looking at are the people who live here do they have the same kind of vibe as I have and is this somewhere where I'm going to feel comfortable? And so I think colors are a great way to do it. I think um, I will say just from the realtor side, when we see tons of wallpaper, it scares the hell out of our clients. (laughs) Um, You know, whether that's, grass wallpaper that has seven coats of paint on it um you know it's you can't just cover it right um but but i do think i think colors are easily changeable but they also connect and they become something much more warm and something that's inviting and from from the yellow door i mean you know the front of the house it's not just it's not just the inside it's the entire approach
1: yeah not only oh go ahead a quick a
2: quick tangent on the on the connection aspect
0: you know it's i a lot of my buyers will will spend an inordinate amount of time looking at the books that a that a seller has in, in um,
2: Charlottesville, where everybody's a UVA professor. Absolutely,
0: yeah. That's and it, and I had one client. well, I had a client years ago, and he he probably spent fifteen or twenty minutes evaluating the the book collection of this of this one seller. And he spent, you know, he, he, at the end of it, he said. Well, we can live here. I mean, there, there's no doubt. I, I, you know, I, if he can live here, I can live here. And I said, great. But you, you remember that there's no no internet access here. And he says, oh, well, never mind then. Um, I can't live here. But I mean, the the you know people will spend time trying to visualize themselves in the in that home. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's always the 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 odd little things. And I had one many years ago where we walked all three of us walked out of the house. And we all had a bit of an uneasy feeling, and. We couldn't put our finger up, and then about five minutes after, we're standing on the front porch, and one of them – I remember he snapped his fingers and he said, oh, there are no books in the house. That was really weird. Yeah. And you know, they ended up not buying that house. But it's, it was, it's always fascinating the things that people connect to, and I think that if you have that buyer who walks in and they like that bold accent wall or they like that color or they like that piece of furniture, they can make that connection to, to really say, oh, yeah, if these people live here, I can live here too. Yeah.
2: I, I will say just to finish Jim saying is Charlottesville is an interesting place because of the university and the the role that it plays here. And not that every resident is a university professor, but many, many, many of our homes have had professors who live in them. And with that come built-in bookshelves. And the number of homes in Charlottesville with really big built-in bookshelves is much higher than in, in a lot of other markets that I've seen. And it's one of those kind of neat things that just develops over time in the personalities of our, of our homes. And, and I think Jim's right. People do spend a lot of time looking at collections, not just books. Yeah. Um, but what, what makes a seller tick? What, what kind of brings that house to life?
3: Going back, yeah. to the, <laughs> to the, going back to the <laughs> wallpaper thing, um, in Cassie's home, if everyone wants to help, bop on over, we'll give you the details at the end of this podcast, but her Instagram is just full of beautiful images of her home. And Cassie, tell us about your approach to wallpapers and stenciling and paint. Okay. So when it comes to
1: wallpaper, I am a big fan of temporary or removable wallpaper, which is very much the trend right now. And we put it in, let's see, we put it in uh, my son's room and we also put it in our dining room and all you have to do to remove it is just start at a corner and peel it off it comes right off. Um, and if awesome. you if you prepped your wall properly, then it should just peel right off. If you did not, you might take some paint with you, which is what we did in our dining room because I had finished that room on sort of a brush project <laughs> the first time <laughs> around. So I just removed it and I was having to sand a whole bunch of paint. <laughs> um, and then as far as paint and painted patterns on the wall... I say go for it. Like I said, it's just paint, you know, it's inexpensive. And if it makes you happy, do it. So we've done that. We've done a few patterns in our home. And um, when I've had to remove them before, I've just taken my electric sander to it just to sand down any of the edges. Like if I use tape and you can see lines, because when you paint over that, eventually you're going to see the little bit of shadow from the, whatever you painted on the wall. So if you want well, to just sand a that, that Take works. A little sand, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: And then reprime and repaint whatever. Yeah, that's a great yes. idea. Yeah. What,
1: yeah. If no, you if you stenciled it generally, it might not show up, but if it's something where you were putting a whole other layer of paint thickly over it, it will probably yeah. show up.
0: So uh, you you've been writing it. Uh, have you had Cassie Bustamante dot com the entire time? Has it or... no? <laughs> okay. So
1: It actually was. I'm sort of embarrassed by the old name, but it was Primitive and dot com, and it started out like that because I didn't start off with the intention to get into home design. I started off with the intention to market the furniture that I was refinishing, so, so it came from. Primitive, more rustic finishes, and proper, more proper, classic, you know, glossier finishes. That was that was where the idea came from.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, this is not not a design topic, but you know, I, I'm biased. I've been writing a blog for 15 years, something like that, um, and it, I've seen that traffic has picked up now. And I, and I don't know if it's necessarily tied to COVID, but I think it's also I think that people are looking for more in depth information. And you can, yes. from a blog perspective, you can provide background and links and that, all that supporting evidence, if you will. How has your blog evolved and are you seeing a similar type uh, awareness, if you will?
1: Yes, definitely. Over the last, I would say, few months, traffic has picked up a lot. Um, and I think that's from people being home and having a little more time to devote to actually looking for things. I know that video and YouTube is also hugely popular I'm just I'm a one man show, so the thought of making a video and putting it out there intimidates me. So I don't generally do that. Um, I really prefer using the blog. I also prefer, as a reader, to read a blog. And I think that there's probably a small percentage of people for everyone who are passionately only video, only blog. So right, you know, um, I will say what I've noticed, especially as we head into fall. Um, I'm sure, since you have a blog, you probably have a Pinterest account. So, my Pinterest account. No, <laughs> what?
2: I like it's words. Blog is like words. Really <laughs> words. Are,
0: words are enough for me. I, the, the Pinterest, I can't swing that.
1: So, well, <laughs> I have to use Pinterest because, of course, I want to pin my projects there so that I'll drive more traffic back to my blog. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed over the last month, especially that it has gone steadily upwards of people, some pins have just taken off. Um, and I think people, the spaces that have taken off are my kids' bedrooms and, um, and my older kids, that's the teenagers, not the toddler, their rooms have taken off, um, and the desk that we added to our living room, because it's all the people looking for what the heck to do with their kids who are home and how to make their rooms a little bit more functional. Now they're, they're going to be spending more time in their rooms and all the people who are working from home and, or needing an at- home desk space for their kids or mm-hmm. for their work.
0: What aspects of the kids' rooms are, are becoming more popular and more, more attuned to?
1: So my daughter has a canopy bed, and honestly, ever since we put it in there, her, and she has string lights hanging on it people love that room. I don't know. It's just, and she, honestly, I will say I cannot take credit for that. She designed that room herself and I just helped her implement it. So that portion of it, which is really cozy and sort of modern boho is very popular. Um, And then also in her room last spring, we added this desk wall with lots of track shelving. And we got that idea because in my older son's room, we had actually done track shelving on either side of his bed to give him much more storage. Mm -hmm. And it's the track shelving. It's so So inexpensive, but you can make it look so much higher class Mm -hmm. by just making it stylistically a little bit more appealing like in his in his room we painted the shelves the same color as the wall which is a really dark color it's called cyberspace by sharon williams and so it kind of all blends in and has a little bit more of a built-in look even though it's just cheap track shelving from the hardware store and then in my daughter's room we used um just kind of plain natural wood shelves with white brackets but we did this really fun wallpaper on her wall and so it has much more of a fun vibe to it than just looking like industrial shelving
0: very cool um well you know i, I i'm sitting here being mindful of the time and and want to make sure that again I, I honestly i could probably start talking about kids rooms and, and paint colors <laughs> for uh, a surprising amount of time kids rooms uh, are my
1: favorite so i could do yeah. i'm with you
0: because <laughs> uh, so we're all spending so much time at home mm-hmm. um, but that said um you know the title of the podcast is is sweat the details Um, and you know, what is one detail that you wake up every day and you just, that's, that's your detail that you sweat.
1: So we actually have two that I, that they, they have to be done every day. Um, number one is we are a family that makes our beds, maybe not my kids, but my husband and I are both very OCD. The bed has to be made first thing. It just starts the day right. You feel good. You feel like you've accomplished something. And then the other thing, is it comes at the end of the day, I have to make sure that all the dishes are washed. I cannot, cannot leave dirty dishes in the sink. And sometimes I'm the one who goes to bed earlier than my husband. So sometimes I'll wake up in the morning and I'm going to throw him under the bus here. There'll be his ice (laughs) cream bowl from the night before sitting in there and it's like you know it's so frustrating because it it just if there are dirty dishes in that sink it just sets my mood for the morning (laughs) i need a nice clean sleep oh man
3: (laughs) i love it i agree agree. no dishes he He makes the bed
1: so yeah it's it's i'll take it it's a little bit of a (laughs) trade-off
3: awesome well, very
0: cool. Cassie, I, I really appreciate you're your making the time. And if you'll if you give a shout out, your your yeah. and your Instagram.
1: It's at Cassie underscore boostamonte.
0: Very cool. And uh, everybody will put links in the show notes and the blog post for that as well.
1: Thank
3: and you. And in the fall winter issue of Nest Magazine, we will have a feature from Cassie on how to create a cohesive nest. Yes. So keep your eyes out for that as well.
1: I'm very excited awesome. about that. And thank you guys so much for having me today. I appreciate your time as Been well. it a pleasure.
0: Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks, y'all. All All right. Thanks. thanks. Bye, guys.